Good evening and welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. Can't believe we're here, but I'm Todd and I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, wow, <laughs> long time, man. Long time. <laughs> Two months exactly. Um, I was looking back at my notes. Uh, we've been away for the longest time in, um, uh, certainly longest time since we started the podcast four or five years ago. And I'm pretty sure the longest time since we started the blog 11 or 12 years ago. Um, you wrote on the blog last week. I appreciate it. So yeah, great, I, mean, great I, I had the <laughs> yeah. password reset and <laughs> like do all these updates. Well, and but... it just took me like ten minutes to get you because I couldn't log into Anch- to Anchor. Yeah, I, I, had... I had to do the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I was it's... automatically logged out and had to get back in. And... Yeah. Mm. Well, it is um, you know, mid July, mid to late July, everybody, and uh, welcome back. We are glad to be talking. Uh, really, Rob, we just wanted to get together and do this. For our, you know, ourselves as much as anything, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we've we've um, missed being here. You know, before we get going, just welcome back, everybody. Big thanks to everybody who's still played along with us on Twitter, who read Rob's piece last week. I thought it was really good, Rob. I really appreciated it. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah, and you know, and a big thanks to our friends at Pale Fire and Mossy Creek. I mean, we haven't bugged them or talked to them or, or connected with them much this summer, um, but I know we sort of know from afar that they've been. Uh, grateful to us and, and vice versa for us, um, you know, still here, hard to believe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, both of them hanging in there pretty well um, for what we know. So it, for as bad as things are for some small businesses right now, um, pretty happy for those guys. So, you know, if you're in the Valley and you get a chance, go by, support them anytime. Um, mention the podcast. I don't know if you get anything free right now, but <laughs> mention us. It'll keep, keep them happy, keep us happy. And that's good. I think um, Mossy Creek's having a big sale. Yeah, and they've right been now. doing gangbusters. Actually, they, they've um, you know fishing's one of the one of the things that everyone has figured out can be done socially distant. Yep. Uh, pretty well. So they, they've actually, I, I think you know, I'm really happy to hear things have been pretty decent for them this summer. Um, and we know how much work Palefire did early on in this. Um, but they could certainly use the business now as you get a chance. And they have that big patio, so yeah, go down there if you can. Yeah, it's yeah, a great spot. Yeah. And, and then, Rob, I just wanted to say, you know, we've talked about this. Um, I just wanted to start this off by having a little conversation. I don't know, conversation or maybe me just ranting. But I wanted to kind of welcome everybody back. We're really appreciative of our friends. Um, we're, we've, Rob, I feel like for as weird as this is, look, we haven't done this in two months because we're as worn out as everybody else <laughs> with the state of things right now, right? Of not, putting it mildly. Putting it mildly, right? Um, Rob's trying to parent, teach, um, work from home with two children yeah. um i'm trying to adjust to life back in virginia and, and yeah we're the new fairly new job and yeah it's just been tough and and a whole lot of things have been going on in the world um you know they were already going on on may 20th and they're still going on on july 20th but you know we didn't think we didn't have much to talk about really i mean <laughs> i mean Plain and simple, from a JMU sports standpoint, we don't. Tonight, we are going to talk about some of the stuff with the CAA and what might or might not be taking place with football and then have a little fun. Um, but we also didn't feel like – look, the truth, Rob, I think, is that we're both um, – you know, we're old guys, right? <laughs> or at least, uh, you know, middle-aged, fairly well-off, you, know, um, you know, fairly fortunate and, and sheltered guys uh, from a lot of the worst effects of some of this. And we didn't really think that um, – our voices were the ones that everyone needed to hear so much the last two months. So I, I don't have much else to say. I will say this has been a real, um, really put a microscope on some of the lunatic fringe of, you know, not only JMU, but lots of fan bases of lots of things. Right. And I, I can't, I'm not going to stay as like middle of the road as I traditionally have um, going forward as things come up. Um, uh, the only thing I'll say, just as someone who's been in higher ed for a long time, is there's no right answer, right? Yeah. And I feel like JMU and the administration there have been just doing everything they can to dance back and forth between, you know, 50 different constituencies and a, a really tough time in the world, and they don't know how to plan. I mean, forget athletics. The university doesn't know how to plan. They don't know how to budget. Um and I don't think they're much different than any other large organization other than the fact that they just are more, they they have to do everything more in public than everyone, than a lot of places do. 
And, I, you know, I just, this, I, it's been really frustrating the last two months to see some of our real, <laughs> the real, I don't know. It's, it's fun. The, the message boards are funny when there's not a pandemic and like massive civil unrest. Right. Yeah. And then message boards drive you bananas when people are, um, you know, just being conspiracy theorists about every single thing in the world. When I think Jamie is just trying to, they're just trying to get through the next month, most of the time in the last four months, you know? Yeah, it's just a lot piled on. I mean, yeah. you figure you've got the whole, obviously, COVID and, and the transition to mm-hmm. online school and then back trying to play for the fall. You've got the Black Lives Matter. You've got the things that go along with that, mm-hmm. um, the building name changes. And, and these are positive changes, mm-hmm. and, and they're good. And I've actually been pretty pleased with how JMU has handled it. It's not perfect. Yeah. Nope. Um, but I think it's been good. I think it's moving forward. But that's a lot to deal with at, at one time <laughs> to manage. And these are very passionate issues. I know, Todd, you and I talked a lot about and yep. the Black Lives Matter thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I was very conflicted. I feel for, it's not my story to tell. It's not your story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kind of felt a little bit like a hypocrite or like we were dodging it because you can't deny the fact that you know, the majority of these, of the athletes mm-hmm. at JMU are black. And mm-hmm. it just seems kind of weird to me that people like us would be so supportive and, you know, die hard for them on the field and then kind of turn a blind eye to the struggles off the field. So I, I, I really had a tough time for how we should address it or handle it. And ultimately, you know, I said, like, it isn't our story to tell me. The best thing we knew is sit back and shut up yeah. and not make it about us yeah. and let the real voices kind of rise above and try to amplify people. So that's, I've been just trying to listen. Yeah. And I, um, and not judge and not question things and just listen and really approach with an open mind to see what, what I can learn. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been hard. You, you come to some realizations of things that you really don't like to admit are, are happening. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it's tough, but I, I don't know what the right answer is. No, nope. I think that's um, a good way to say it, Rob. And I, I think we both struggle. We talked back and forth. I know I thought a lot about, you know, should we reach out and try to have somebody on? But then that feels like, okay, now we're expecting somebody else who's going through the struggle to explain it to us. To teach us. To teach yeah, us, like, you know, or yeah, it's I, kind I, of tokenism. I, I, or I, I don't know what – we just – we don't know what the right answer is. We know that there wasn't any JMU sports on which to launch the conversations going on the last two months. Yeah. Um, and no idea when they're coming back. And – you know, so, yeah, I, I think... will say this, I like, guess somebody who I, mm-hmm. I don't like to make too many judgments mm-hmm. on social media, but I was very encouraged to see the way the players seem to respond to Signetti's message about unity and team. Like it just came across like it really is a locker room that is mm-hmm. a- addressing these things and facing them head on and and people's voices are being heard. And I'm sure it's not Shangri-La. Nope. Sure people's feelings get hurt and there's differences of opinions, but um, as difficult as it is, like I said, to judge from that, it did seem like it was something that was at least being discussed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think a couple of people tweeted like, oh, you know, good talk. And, and that's good. I, I think if mm-hmm. nothing else, to force people to have these conversations that are uncomfortable if you're doing it the right way. Well, and um, it, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, I was so it is crazy all the changes we've been through in the last 10 years with the coaching to think at least maybe we ended up right where we were supposed to be at this time um you know is really encouraging uh yeah it was certainly encouraging to see the players not just the off the field stuff but even in the last week seeing some of the um reports we've seen about on the field stuff Mm -hmm. about players everyone showing up with a good attitude and and you know continuing to try to get better despite not knowing what the hell's coming, you know, down yeah. the road. Um, that has been good. I also think it's been fun to see the players engaged, you know, they're engaged in all kinds of issues. We saw it last week with the Harry O'Kelly um, potential international student ban mm-hmm. that looks like it's may or may not be reversed, but there, you know, ice had made a ruling and, and it wasn't just Harry joking with us, right. There were other players realizing like, oh my gosh, this really sucks. Like (laughs) these things affect this, you know, the the politics of the world affect people we know. And, um, you know, pretty proud of the way that JMU players have interacted and the way they have used 
the the platform that they have at the STS level, I mean, you know, they're not Trevor Lawrence here, <laughs> but but they have, you know, they have something to say at JMU, and it's nice to see them speaking up for something outside of athletics. Um, yeah, whether whether we all agree or disagree with all the finer points of it, it's great to see people using their you know engaging that's hell this is james madison university that's what we should be doing right it's also very refreshing because you you need to rationalize a lot to be a college sports fan Mm -hmm. or pro sports Mm -hmm. fan (laughs) you know so you get in this like you do start to see yeah but when you see students of like different backgrounds interacting and supporting each other and referencing these conversations and speaking up mm-hmm. and having the courage to speak up, you know, knowing that people disagree with them, but doing what they think is right anyway, it really does give you the different perspective or a more po- me personally, more positive impression on the value of sports with, associated with the college. Yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes exactly. you just think like, what is going on? But then you sort of look at be like, you know what, this really can be an enriching experience for everybody involved. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's, it's odd. But. And not only is it, you know, I, I, I think I've been guilty in the past of thinking, well, sports might give opportunities to, you know, one of the good things is that sports might give opportunities to kids who maybe otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't have them or wouldn't take advantage of them in college. But it's not just that. It's also that a team, a football team, however many kids are on the J, 100 kids, and all the coaches, it's one of the few, it's probably one of the most like diverse places on campus in terms of like just the way the upbringings of those kids, right? I mean, yeah. that we, I have, mean, like, let's be honest, we love JMU, but it's not the most diverse place. Well, no, and I don't even mean and that. I, think I mean, even the student organizations that we all love and join within themselves kind of self select in a way that they self select at the same high schools or regions, right? You know, where football there's little kids crowds. from all over the country, certainly yeah. all over the you know, east of the Mississippi. Um, and Australia. A couple of Australia, right, Australia, Nigeria, I mean, a couple, uh, um, you know, players with all kinds of different backgrounds that aren't just traditional, um, just traditional American high school football, all this stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I do think it's, it's, a, it's a really unique place on campus um, that I don't know. I, I mean, I think the MRD is a little bit, it's, it's funny because they kind of go hand in hand a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. But other than those two things, I, I mean... <laughs> certainly most of the other student organizations and that's not through it's not out of any bad means right i mean nobody means anything for it to be that way it's just that they self-select based on other things yeah um and athletics is not quite like that i mean we know the tennis team the soccer team are like the united nations you know there so yeah um we just wanted to say that we you know we've been thinking a lot about it and you know and lastly you know, a couple of our friends um, and sort of longtime friends and, and supporters and stuff of us have uh, have been going through some stuff lately. Mm-hmm. And we're just really proud of some of them for the way they're handling some real adversity. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know who you are and we love you. So that's about all we have to say on that. Rob, do you want to bring us up to date on the, the real topic of the night? Right. The real topic of the night <laughs> yeah. has to be the state of college football in general, um, CAA football, a little more particularly, and then the most precise, JMU football. So (laughs) what we have now, I think there's five FCS conferences that have said they're not playing in the fall. The CAA is one of them, but the CAA has given any team that would like to continue with scheduling their own games the green light to go. Um, Mm -hmm. JMU and Elon have elected to go that route. So a a couple schools – like what, Delaware, William and Mary, Stony Brook. I, I haven't paid attention yeah, I, well, to the I, I know Stony Brook and William and Mary. I, I kind of lost the thread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're just going to sit out and maybe hold their cards and see if they can pull something together in, uh, in the spring. Right. Or really, it seems like just hope that they're, everyone ends up pulling out and playing in the spring. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and so I don't know. So JMU now is saying if there are FCS playoffs, they're going to make a run and still try to play in the fall. Bourne has said his ideal would be eight games. Signetti has indicated this would likely, or, or he would, he would prefer that this, if they do play eight games, that they play multiple FBS games, which mm-hmm. has gotten everybody all. all exactly. um, so I don't know. It, it's kind of exciting, uh-huh. but ultimately I, I still don't think they're going to end up playing. Yeah. Um, I, I, my, my gut tells me that, you know, they're, uh, SWAC shut down today. 
said they're playing in the spring. Um, I think the writing's on the wall for a lot of these things. I'd imagine like the 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 Valley's probably the last one that'll go. They're in a region of the country, but then North Dakota State had a bunch of positive tests today. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the smaller leagues are lesser leagues, so to speak, yeah, yeah, yeah. are going to follow the CAA's lead and be like, well, the CAA ain't playing. And with the, you know, this was predicted to be a pretty good CAA. So you're looking at, I don't know, what, four or five, probably top 20 teams. Mm-hmm. So you, it, it's going to be a big deal. That's a significant hit to your playoff situation. Um, I can't imagine there's going to be playoffs. Yeah, just, that's that, what... that, just, that just seems insane to me. With uh, it's one, I, mean, I don't think many bowl games are likely. Maybe they'll try to pull off a couple big ones. But uh-huh. when you look at the logistics of traveling and all these schools that are basically saying, hey, you know, that's right around the time of, of really bad flu season. We're going to have kids go home at Thanksgiving and just not come back. Uh-huh. To have kids, you know, a, a whole traveling party for football go maybe clear across the country and, and different make right. three, four trips and it just the juice doesn't seem worth the squeeze. You know, mm-hmm. we all like to think of the FCS championship as a big deal. The NCAA, it's just another money loser. Right. You know, it's, I mean, it really is. It's like it's no different than, I guess it's it's a little bit different. There's more fan interest, but it's the same as any other of the fall championships. You know, correct. These are these are not big money making events. This is the NCAA using some of that money from from the NCAA tournament and hoops and other right. to kind of fund this. Mm-hmm. Um, but even Mon- I think Montana's AD a couple of years ago didn't he write some letter talking about how when they made it to the championship they end up losing money. Yeah, that year? I don't know if how that works for everybody. I mean, obviously Montana can have. I, I don't know how it all works and what who they played. I mean, their geography potentially makes it even more difficult for them yeah. um, if they go on the road at all in the playoffs. <laughs> like, but I don't know. You know, yeah, it's definitely so, not uh, money. I mean, look, they make more money on the College World Series. Yeah. baseball than they do on the FCS championship. I mean, they get a television number that's equivalent to, you know, equivalent to the other lower level bowl games. Right. Yeah. But that's about the most you can say for that. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's really smart. Like I, the CAA, I don't know how it works. I, I actually was kind of impressed. I know a lot of people are saying this is some huge rift between C- JMU and the CAA. I don't know. I, I didn't take it that way. I kind of viewed it as, they had the meeting. They realized Nadri was on the same page. So they said, we're going to call it off. Everybody do what they want. I, yeah. That's, it, it's better than just going to these stupid fantasy camp and taking pictures like he normally does. You know, like, I thought yeah. that was actually some degree of, of being proactive and getting right. it done. Um, I guess there's a reluctance just to bring maybe the athletes back on campus, but I didn't see why they had to call it last week. No, I didn't either. And, yeah. and I think JMU is, is right. Just kind of roll the dice. I mean, you hope everybody stays safe. Yeah, they haven't, appears, had, yeah. they haven't had anything, Mm-mm. you know, really any real issues. So you figure that the kids probably want to be playing and working out anyway. Get them in there. Um, if three or four weeks from now the writing's on the wall and the numbers are bad, okay, cancel it then. But who mm-hmm. knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's too likely that we're going to play. <laughs> but you never know. Um, yeah. I think you look at this from like four. Well, we'll get to spring football in a second or the potential for spring football in a second, but there's definitely this like JMU, CAA, FCS layers. Right. And the the first one that sticks out to me and I don't, I I agree with you, Rob, I I guess I would give the CAA credit for, for being bold, right. For being being decisive, at least being decisive. Right. I give them that at the same time, I do question and or at least this is a reminder that makes me wonder about the fact that this is a conference that does not that has the same problem that has plagued it for 10 years now continues to plague it, which is that associate membership as opposed to full membership. Yeah, really hurts a conference. Right. Mm-hmm. And in football, you only have six actual CAA members who play CAA football. Yep. The other six members are not CAA members they're just caa football and for and i think particularly you look at schools like maine and new hampshire i mean maine is literally dealing with like travel restrictions yeah right like james cannot go play at maine or rhode island this year right these schools that are not and they're not full caa members so i don't think if you're the athletic director at rhode island you don't feel beholden to 
what CAA football wants to do. You feel beholden to the Atlantic 10 and making sure yeah. that your basketball team gets on the court, yep. you know, and is ready for March Madness if and when that occurs. You know, if you're Maine, what are they, America East? Or I, I don't even remember, right? But yeah. you're worried about Maine hockey, right? Yeah. Is yeah, what yeah. you're worried about, right, in the winter. Um, and this is a continued remind. So now you're left with, I mean, we heard originally, so it came down to JMU and Elon saying they're in which I think has a lot to do with state politics and not a lot to do with um, the universities in addition to the universities. I think that's an astute point. Right. Um, but we also heard that even Delaware and Towson were considering it at least at some, at, for a while, um, trying to push forward. And both, if you notice, all four of those schools are full CAA members. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where the divide um, comes about. I also give Jeff Bourne, I give JMU credit too, Rob, in the same way that I was impressed. I, I might give some credit to the CAA for being decisive. I also give JMU credit for, you know, thinking independently and yeah. saying we are heavily, heavily invested in football and in this sport, in, J- in athletics. I mean, this is a big deal to us and we're not going to miss you know, we're not going to miss out. Like we say we compete for championships and if there's a championship, we're going to try to compete for it. Right. I I mean, for all the people that have been like, why aren't we doing, why aren't we moving up all these things? Like this is a pretty good, to me, this is more of a signal that JMU is serious about this stuff than any of the conference decisions they've made in the last 10 years. It also showed to me that they were prepared. Like we always talk about JMU monitoring the situation, Mm -hmm. but this could be a case where they were monitoring and they had a contingency plan. Yep. And when the opportunity presented itself, they were ready to be decisive. Mm-hmm. So for all you people, we don't need to get into that FBS yeah. thing. But, like, you maybe need to give Bourne some credit and the administration's credit that they do have a plan. And if something does, an opportunity does present itself mm-hmm. with regard to FBS, this is an indication to me that they actually will have, have a willingness to act. Yeah, well, it's certainly a signal to, um, you know, a group of five conferences, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that like a couple of these schools are really serious about this endeavor. You know, um, their conferences are not playing and these guys are willing to try to find a way to put together a schedule and keep playing. Um, and the, the other thing, I mean, this, at some level, this does just come down to dollars and cents. Yes. And, okay, I mean, clearly the overriding decisive factor needs to be safety. We all know that. But you can't make a decision today based on what you think is going to be safe in September. Right. You need to kind of have a contingency plan. Um, and you can't just say, oh, it's better. We'll, we'll play six games in the spring. It'll be fine. I, I, I'm not so sure that that's going to happen. Um, I think that takes a lot more logistical planning mm-hmm. between conferences and things like that um, to, to pull off. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the element like, okay, if you do do it, you, some people are already like kind of, turning their nose up at JMU being like, oh, you're going to miss out on spring football. Well, who knows? There's going to be spring football. But if you do get an eight-game season, and within that you get two FBS games, right. well, that just – you'll make more money from playing those two FBS yep. games yep. than you will for playing an entire CA-only schedule in the spring, mm-hmm. um, which might not even come in playoffs. And I, maybe they'll try to pull off some sort of playoff in the spring. I think that's probably the least likely of all of them. I, I think there could be spring football. I think there could be spring football in the kind of do your own thing as conferences, mm-hmm. maybe set up one marquee out of conference game. Mm-hmm. The SWAC approach. SWAC right. today said that's what they're going to do. I think that makes the most sense. Right. Um, like, you know, Patriot League and Ivy League saying they're going to explore spring. Okay, great. Who, who cares? Right. I mean, that's the other thing to remember here in the FCS land. I, I think most people listening to us know this. But so far, the conferences outside of the CAA that have said they're not playing – are not the conferences who really compete in the FCS playoffs, right? I mean, we've had the SWAC and the MEAC who are eligible but not don't have an automatic bid. We had the Patriot League who, only, as you said, only competes in one round every yeah. year um, for the most part. And we had the Ivy League who doesn't compete in the playoffs. So, But should. But should. It's a whole different, yeah. Right. But that's a different thing. Um, so it's not like, you know, the other conferences are trying to – are doing what I think we – think jmu is doing which is trying to wait hold back and see what's you know wait as long as they have to to make this decision um we should say on the spring thing rob what do you, I, I don't know what your feeling on it is i, I will only say I, so if i just like everything's equal right and i thought if i thought we could have a real season in the spring 
I like love the idea, right? The, the idea of trying to qualify for a Frisco championship game in May or June sounds great yeah. to me. Um, but as you said, I'm not sure we're going to have a full season and football of all the sports would be the, and I think this is what FBS is struggling with as well is this would be the most difficult sport to, like, I don't know if you can play a spring season and then turn around and play a fall season. No. Right. That's I mean, what's like, it, if you're a JMU you can't kid do or North Dakota state, you, kid, can't, do you can't play 30 games in a calendar year. That's just not appropriate in any, like for a million different reasons. Right. And I just don't know. I mean, so I, I mean, I've even heard, we've heard some, you know, you know, even the, the wilder parts of the speculation have been that maybe FCS or group of five or some group of lower level college teams might even consider moving to the spring, making it a spring sport altogether. Um, I, you know, that's fine by me, I guess, going forward. I mean, I don't really want that, but, you know, I guess it's a possibility. I mean, I we mean, know that a lot of high school leagues have talked about switching their spring and fall sports. California announced today they're not doing fall. Right. Um, and I think Virginia has been discussing playing in the spring and actually moving a couple of like the baseball, a couple of the sports in the spring that might be more feasible um, from a health standpoint in the moving them to the fall. I don't know. But um, that that spring football just gets really tough. I'm not I'm saying. Just, I, I, yeah, I, I'm actually in favor. Like, I, I just. I think that we're going to get in a situation where. You're going to have some conferences try to do it and go, and we'll try to make a run of the fall, even if we shut it down. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing – this is why they, everybody says NCAA or college football needs a commissioner. Yes, big what, time. The one thing I would want to know, or, or maybe would maybe even say I'd be critical of the CA, is I wish that they had done more coordination or spoken about potential coordination with other conferences. Me too. You know, if you're going to shut it down, be like – Hey, you know what? We we talked to the Missouri Valley and 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 the Ohio Valley and SoCon and every, and we said collectively, you know, we're, we're all going to do this. We're all going to say, hey, let's cancel the seasons now, but give people the right to schedule, and we're going to have scheduling alliances. But if not, by such and such a date, we're going to go to the spring, and we've got this sort of plan. Where yeah. if the NCAA is going to have playoffs, great, but otherwise, we're going to do a. So regional tournament, so yeah. Patriot League challenge, challenge. and yeah, we're yeah. going to do a you know North Dakota State and JMU or, yeah. or Weber, like do something like that because I I don't think it makes any sense to try to do a full spring season playoffs and then come back. You're off schedule for years. Then I, I don't understand what the NBA and NHL are doing. It confuses the heck out of me. I feel like we've just permanently messed up the calendar. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the NBA is actually maybe going to game this to their advantage, right? That they've actually been looking to push back the start of the season to Christmas and sort of play through the summer for a while. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, the NHL doesn't make any sense. You know, just watching hockey in August is going to be weird. Um, oh, yeah. For anyone in any town where hockey is played. <laughs> so, um yeah. So like, just like if you do come back in the spring, do something different. And maybe it is just spring football. It's not a real season. We talked about this in the last pod. Like just make, and just do like six games or something yep. like that. I think at that point, you almost just make it like a celebration of college football. Yeah. And we're going to have. Uh, I just want to play North Dakota State so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I know. But I know. I mean. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't go to a playoff game. Maybe things will turn. Maybe vaccine or something like that. Yeah. I'm not getting on a plane. I'm certainly not deciding on a Saturday based on if JMU won that morning where I'm going the following Saturday. That's, yeah, that's... just, that's way too much right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's, I, I like what they're doing. I like that they're considering all their options. They're keeping the door open. I think it's going to be all for naught, uh-huh. but they've demonstrated a willingness to be bold. Mm-hmm. They've gotten some decent press out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are people who will say, no, it's bad press. It's showing that they they don't care about safety. Well, I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but you're wrong. Right. If they didn't care about safety, they'd say, we're playing come hell or high water. Or They're not saying that at all. They're mm-hmm. very clear. Cap, and they're saying if the FCS playoffs exist, which is also saying if collectively the NCAA thinks it's safe. you know, and, and there's enough Correct. teams. It's just the, the whole freaking snobby like oh jmu's reckless they don't care like shut up those teams are jealous i mean those fans are like jealous that yeah. their teams are 
Yeah, there's no, this is this is what I meant about way back to the beginning of this, Rob, is the JMU thing. Like, there's no winning in this, right? We've got petitions on one side saying yeah. JMU shouldn't play football from our own fans because this is reckless, mm-hmm. or from fans of Lehigh saying this is <sighs> reckless, right? Who, and then on the other side, we got people being like, the CAA sucks. Like, they're not playing. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, there's no way to win this. I like, there, there, no decision is going to be universally popular right now. Um, and as you said, I give JMU credit for sticking their head out and getting some press at, for being an individual in this, you know, for having their own opinion in this. Um, well, you see things like FCS power. JMU is yeah. like, that's cool. Um, it's also funny. Like you see stuff online where people are like, oh, this is scheduled UMass. And UMass fans are like, hell no. We ain't doing that. <laughs> right, we, right. No, they'd be favored. We, we learned our lesson. We can't do that. Um, <laughs> that's the other thing I will say. Like, I do not think this means JMU is going to prove that they could be an FBS independent. This is such a unique situation. I hope it's a unique situation. Yeah, I, don't I hope think this is like is. nothing else. Yeah, that's what I hope too. Um, but they might get some games, you know, you, who's around here, a Charlotte, maybe a Marshall, who are just looking for games. But you can't use this as a test case to say, look, it's viable. Because no. there, there's teams, people that are playing are going to be short of opponents. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I have no idea um, where we're headed on this. Um, I, I don't even really have a particular opinion. I will give, I will say this about JMU. I will also give them huge credit for the way they have been about the ticketing and the fan um, for season ticket holders. Yeah. Right. They were way out in front in saying, you know, giving you the option to defer and skip this year entirely, whether it's played or not. And then they have actually gone to the step of saying, you know, there are no season tickets for this year. You can roll them over to next year or get a refund. But if we play, it'll be a game by game thing. Um, which to me is a real solid sign too, that it isn't, it's not entirely about money, right? Yeah. You know, like they're, they're being, I, I don't know. I think they're being as fair as they can be. Um, I hope we get some kind of season at some point for the kids' sake, um, more than for me and the fans' sake. Um, but I don't know what it's going to look like. And I don't know. I guess I'm kind of wondering now. I, I, I'm like you, Rob. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't even know. I wish there was a commissioner of college sports. It's never been needed more than now. And it's kind of a joke the way this is like every, all these conferences kind of doing their own thing, you know? I mean, even at the FBS level, it's a mess, right? we got a couple conferences saying they're only going to play conference games. But what is that? I mean, it's just a, it's just a mess. I think FCS could do this. You get, you get the big conferences and you say, hey, we're all going in the spring. Right. We're all going to do – limited schedule but yeah. you, you need to be united the, the the nightmare scenario is if the missouri valley and ca are not on the same page and and right now they're not right um, but the ca was bold they went out they acted i i suspect within the next week or two we're going to know you're going to have enough conferences cancel right that the ncaa is just going to go you know this ain't this ain't happening we've got what are there, 10 auto-bid conferences? Yeah. yeah right yeah. now there are two that aren't there, so it's still got 80%. But you get to that, like, four or five, mm-hmm. it, that's not a real playoff. No. And I did want to shout out, Rob, I guess the last thing on this, um, our, our old buddy, Sokan John. Um, <laughs> I, I did enjoy his JMU and Elon should play in the Sokan this year. Um, I, I thought it was cool. Like, I like the yeah, crazy I like the ideas. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is the whole, like, lacking any kind of central organization that really frustrates you where you could say that's where someone could say, Hey, if you want to play, if you get a chance and you want to play in this, you know, if you get invited to play a somewhat of a conference schedule, then you'll be eligible for the playoffs too, or something, you know, um, if your conference isn't playing and we just don't have that. So um, I don't know. We'll be rooting for Dukes whenever they come back. Uh, Just really, you know, hurt for the kids on the spring football thing, Rob, I don't know how I feel about it long-term. Um, I'd, I'd love to see some kind of a spring season this year because I feel like it has a realistic chance of happening. Mm-hmm. And like you said, whether it involves playoffs or not, um, but even if it's a short season, I'd love to see some kind of, you know, I'd like to see them play. And if, if it turns out that they don't play in the fall, I'd love to see them. Um, I don't think I'm a fan long-term 
at, at least as long as JMU is in the FCS of spring football. Because um, I think that really hurts the kind of kids that JMU and the top-level uh, teams – you know, you got a lot of kids who are thinking about the pros or thinking about the next level. And I think I think it's too big a divide. Yeah, I think it's too I, big of a divide, and um, and and I think just the you know falls football, right? I mean, it's I, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's kind of ingrained right now. I'm not saying it wouldn't ever. I mean, I, it might get numbers on TV, yet, and then that might be worth it. But I, I don't know. I think I think it, that gets really hard um, for you know a whole lot of. I, I just think making it separate from the FBS. I mean, now you're not going to play North Carolina at all because they don't play in the spring, and that's really important to your budget. You know, I, I don't know. Spring how football to me has always come across as minor <laughs> yeah. league, mm-hmm. whether it be USFL or XFL or, or yeah. AAF. Like, um, and I'm not saying those players weren't talented or anything. Right. Like, like, it's just it's a perception thing. You're, you're giving in to the perception that FCS is demonstrably worse, or, right. or you know. And G5, too. I mm-hmm. do like the idea of G5 and FCS finally just being like, well, let's cut the crap. It's kind of all the same. Right, <laughs> let's right. not worry about labels so much and just find right. something that works. Right. <laughs> yes. We're you know, playing the, in the... The, the, the ever dreamed about regional conferences and just like drop the labels. That to me, that part of it appeals. Like, let's get over yourselves. Mac, you're no better than, than the typical, you know, MVC, that, yeah. CAA. Yeah. Know, it's the same thing. Um, that makes a lot of sense, but I don't like the idea of moving the spring on a permanent no. basis. I would love it this year. Yeah, because I real, I just, I don't think we're going to get to a full season. I think there's so many potentially bad things that could happen mm-hmm. once you start and shutting it down in the middle. It's like, okay, so we go through all this, and then you get three games out of it, and then you've got the whole nightmare of like, what does that mean for eligibility? Or some schools can keep playing and others can't. And so mm-hmm. like, your your week seven opponent shuts it down in week five and. It just seems like a, a big mess. So, yeah, I'm hoping we get a decision one way or the other, and we just there's a line in the sand, and we say, nope, nobody's playing, and let's all start collectively figuring out what this spring is going to look like. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that takes us to overtime, Rob. I think we got a small off-topic conversation tonight, right? Yeah. Um, what do we decide on? I guess we're going to do. Yes. We. Typical JMUSB planning. We've done a couple text messages right before we get to record. Yeah, uh, that's pre-production meeting, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. That's all that. The showrunners. Right, right, right. I guess we'll do um dream dinner party guests. And this is just the, the very classic cliched yeah. question of, you know, if you could have X number of people alive or dead over to dinner, who would it be and why? What would you want to do? Like three people, four people? What? Yeah, I, I wrote down four. Three is fine. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, I didn't write down anything, so and you, I, can, go, you I, can go first. Okay, I picked all live, all people that are, to my knowledge, alive today. Okay. <laughs> I, not that you don't have, not that, I mean, you can do whatever, but I was just thinking of that. Um, this will betray all of my um, worst, or or all of my nerdiest impulses during the last four months of, not leaving the house mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, on, not on a regular basis as usual. Um, I, I think I've mentioned this a few times, but I, I'm I, Nora Jones was my number one pick. Oh yeah. So nice. <laughs> I was like, I um, listened to a lot of Nora Jones. I thank you for putting the Fiona Le Havis song on last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob's been doing those awesome nightcaps. Um, but yeah, I really thought I mean, that was going to last about two weeks, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But a discussion about music, uh, the history of music, I don't know, just someone that is fascinating to me, kind of covers a lot of ground with a lot of different people, I think would be, and, and maybe, you know, provide some entertainment at the dinner party. So yeah. She also seems like it's very dinner party music. Oh, it's the, like that's open what I mean. an extra it's bottle of like, wine. Yeah. Well, know, this working like from home low-key. thing has been like looking for something that's just in the background, right? Yeah. I, I can't listen all day to Radiohead or something and be all wound up while I'm yeah. trying to work, you know? So this has been, yeah, that's been right up my alley. No, time. I get, I, I listen to a lot of jazz and stuff when I'm trying to, I, yeah. lyrics, cause I pay attention to lyrics. Yeah. So I can't really listen no, to any sort I, of lyrical music. Right. Okay. Well, All that's right. cool. That's a great yeah. pick. Okay. Um, I mean, I've got, to me, this is the absolute number one pick for everybody. It's gotta be Bill Murray, right? <laughs> I didn't even think of it. Yeah, it does, right? Of course I mean, it does. it's just gotta be. Like, I, I actually just watched that, documentary on netflix like the bill murray stories have you seen uh, that yeah 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 it's cool but like when my sister lived in new york she would tell these bill murray stories about coworkers or friends who you know bill murray shut up their apartment 
he just seems like such a genuinely interesting guy who yeah. just wants to have fun. Yeah. I feel like he's the guy. He shows up at your dinner party. Automatically, it's everybody's favorite story ever. Yes. And he'd be entertaining as hell because like, mm -hmm. that's what he does. I mean, the guy just spends his whole life going around just dropping in on people and seeing his son's basketball games and stuff. But, like, making – Owning minor league baseball teams. Owning minor league baseball teams. Like, there's stories of him, like, showing up at attending bar or, or showing at a random party in Scotland and washing the dishes. Like, mm -hmm. he's just – he likes those kind of chance encounters and making the most of them. Mm -hmm. And he's hilarious. And I also am a complete sucker for, like – behind the scenes Saturday Night Live talk. Mm -hmm. I love reading, I love the Tom Shales book about it. Oh, yeah, Anytime yeah. there's an interview, like a, a long form interview with anybody about it, talking about the writers and everything, I'm just, I'm all in for that. So for me, that's just the clear and obvious pick. I know. And I'm fascinated. I was reading, um, who's the guy um, that he worked with? Um, is it Harold Ramis? From, Harold Ramis and yeah, Ivan from, Reitman? Yeah. 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 But they like actually had like a long-term feud. Sometime after over Ghostbusters, yeah, Ghostbusters oh, yeah. and Groundhog Day, whatever that time period. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'd be very. That's a good choice for sure. Um, my next one, Rob. This is like uber nerddom. Okay, um, but I Brandon Sanderson, who is the author of the Mistborn series. Um, he finished the Wheel of Time series, which is my all-time favorite. And I, this is a little. I've heard you talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, and this is a little recency bias, but I just finished the. I guess it's the third, whatever the latest third book is of the Stormlight Archive, which is his newer, uh, I think he intends it to be his, like, his huge series. Um, and the fourth one is supposed to come out this November. Um, but I, I've been actually, this last book took me a long time to get through. Um, I don't know if anybody cares about this, but it just, it's so good for like what's going on in the world today. Like I was blown away. It was written two or three years ago. And, uh, it's the third book in the Stormlight Archive series. And I'm just like, it, I, I can't even, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm actually stunned how prescient this book is. So I would just like to talk to him. I think just he's really pick his brain. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen him because I've really been nerding out during uh, COVID and, and like watching this stupid like webcast show that he appears on sometimes. And I'm like, he just seems like a really interesting guy. So that's all. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's good. Mm -hmm. I guess for my second, I, I was going to go Anthony Bourdain. Mm -hmm. Oh, good one. Because I just, I, yeah. I really liked his books. I liked his mm -hmm. shows. I love traveling. So very, but then I thought a, a, he can be kind of cynical. And I was like, right about now, I, I think I would need somebody a little more positive. So uh -huh. I kind of swapped it out with Jose Andreas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chef, like he's an amazing chef. And like, yeah. I just, World, admi Central, World Central Kitchen. Like, yeah. I just admire the heck out of this guy for people who don't know he's a very very yeah. famous chef he's got restaurants all over he's got a bunch of restaurants in dc he actually lives around here big wizards fan too yeah, 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 yeah. big bar fc barcelona fan spanish chef he's become he's also an american citizen um he started his world central kitchen which is one of my favorite charities they somehow managed to just be wherever the They're need is feeding everyone I'm feeding yeah. everybody i mean like, no. so i and one of the things that has gotten me through this whole quarantine, he's got an Instagram cooking show that he does oh. with his daughter. And they're nice. like these 10 minute episodes and it's him and his daughter in the kitchen in Bethesda where they live or whatever. And they're just usually drinking wine. They choose a song and then they cook a recipe for the length of the song. Nice. And it's just very oh. fun. Like it's very yeah. family oriented. Um, and he's drinking and being loud oh, and yeah. singing, you know, it just he just seems like such a fun, positive guy. Yes. And I would love, first of all, he's an amazing chef. I mm -hmm. love his restaurants. But also he just he absolutely inspires me. Like mm -hmm. what he's been able to do. I don't know how the guy does it between running his restaurants and then being all over the world, helping all these people. Just an absolute inspiration. So I would love to sit around and just kind of feed off his positive energy and, and I feel like I would come out of that just feeling like a million bucks. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Um yeah, for sure. Everything the guy's ever done, I'm like, oh wait, I want to watch it. Yeah. 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 Um I thought about uh Sean Doolittle and Aaron Dolan here. Um but I already sort of did my fantasy nerd choice with Sanderson, mm -hmm. so I'm not doing those uh those two. Um and I actually Rob I have for the first time I have finally at the behest of um couple of friends who've been bugging me for a long time. I have watched some Formula One. 
during this time? I've just started watching that Netflix. Yeah, series. have you watched and the Drive awesome. to Survive? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I'm, it's I'm awesome. like four episodes into it. I'm gonna I watch more done. Was thinking about saying Lewis Hamilton here because mm-hmm. I'm kind of just fascinated with him, but I will admit I like don't actually know anything about him really. I mean, yeah, like I don't know if I actually want to know him or not. So yeah. um, Stephen Colbert was my last one. Oh, um, that's a great one. Yeah, he um, has been. And the thing about Colbert, it's not the funny stuff. It's the serious stuff, right? He just is someone that, um, I don't know. I mean, I've I've dealt with tremendous loss. Dealt with tremendous loss and has thought like really deeply about some really deep, you know, heavy stuff, you know, grace and forgiveness and compassion. I mean, in a, you know, in his case, a very Catholic way, but. Yeah, he's very but, devout Catholic. Yes, but but also in a very, um, you know, he's from South Carolina, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I feel like he's really thought about how to interact with people in the world, and it's fascinating how yeah, how he did, he's chosen to go about it. I don't know. I just I I feel like I would be left. Um, what's the old Jim Valvano speech? You want to laugh, you want to cry, you cry, you right? All the you things, know, okay. right? Move to tears. I feel like he um, occasionally could move me to tears and I, w- I would really appreciate that. No, so, that's an excellent pick. Yeah. Cause he's just, he's just a genuine, he comes across as a genuinely yeah. good human being. Yes. And somebody who's interested in a lot of different things. Yes. What it is. I think that's yeah. what you want at your party. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. For my last one, I'm going to go. And I think for people that have, have been around me for a while, not that surprising, but I'm going to say Joe Posnanski. Oh yeah, he's my my favorite <laughs> my favorite sports writer. I actually right next to me is the life and afterlife of Harry Houdini. Oh, I didn't book. say Spencer, but oh well. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that could get weird. Yeah, that could get very weird. But um, I just yeah. I, I think Posnanski is the greatest writer. Like I, he writes about baseball obviously mm-hmm. a lot, and it's amazing. He's just like got an encyclopedic knowledge of the game, and just the the joy he has for the game of baseball is awesome. But yeah. he also writes about being a husband and being a father in ways that. It's every bit the same joy. Um, the favorite, my favorite article I've ever read about anything, like sports-wise, was his article about Roland Gardner winning, oh, yeah. winning the gold medal. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, it blows your mind. He's also got a great podcast, um, fifty times better than this one. So if you're looking for something to go, but it's funny you said Sean Doolittle because Sean yep. Doolittle's been on a couple times. Yes, Doolittle yep. is, is a great. Great guest, like just mm-hmm. a super interesting guy, very well read. Mm-hmm. But Posnanski does that podcast with uh, Michael Shore, mm-hmm. you know, the guy showrunner Pos- from Podcast, right? Yeah, the podcast. But I don't know, it just he fascinates me. I think he's just so interesting. Um, it's like I, I read a lot of kind of snarky, cynical stuff online, <laughs> but he is he's just not. he's not, no. not at all. And it's just it's just fun, and it's just it's like the most wholesome stuff, but you still feel really good about it cool and i feel like you could just go down the rabbit hole talking about music talking about magic like houdini yeah but most of all talking about baseball yeah and, and just the negro leagues thing too like he wrote a book on oh, yeah. O'Neill that i haven't read yet and he's very involved with the negro league uh, museum in kansas city um i don't know just the guy fascinates me he's, he's one of my heroes in terms of he's just such an amazing writer mm-hmm. and it's just again just a very positive person who mm-hmm. i think would be great to be around I love that one. That's been, you've, you've passed him off to me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Rob, last question. Um, we're get, you got, are you getting a healthy Jonas Cespedes this year? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I've heard like a rumor. About rumor this. is he's okay. <laughs> right, um, right. I'm waiting for like a very, that's so Mets moment to happen. <laughs> well, don't you feel like the, I, I heard another um, podcast talking about the most Mets thing would be, if this was the only World Series they won in your lifetime yeah. from now forward, right? Like if you had to go through the next 30 years with only 2020 being the one they won. I'd take it. I know. I, I'd know. Take it. I would have no, no problem. Um, mm. yeah, yeah. The kids are all excited. James, my kids are still up in Rhode Island. Yep. Jess for the rest of the month. And James was freaking out. He's like, I've got to get the ESPN.com login. I got to watch the games this week. And he figured it all out. And, oh, good. Um, good. Yeah. I don't know. And, and there's also this, this could be good for the Mets. Something will come crashing down, but <laughs> it looks like we finally see a light at the end of the Will Ponds tunnel and they're going to be out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. I just need to hope it's this, this Cohen guy and not the um, J-Lo and oh, A-Rod yeah. and yeah, Bradley yeah. Beal and J.J. Watt. And all that crap. 
<laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, I had a moment of, you know, I, I don't even want to bring in the Washington other sport franchise into this. I don't want to poison the atmosphere with even discussion of that. Yeah. I will say that I am. It is kind of amazing that it is going to be Max Scherzer versus Garrett Cole. Um, again on, on Thursday yeah, um, to start the season. But, you know, and this is all going to be just, I, I will admit, Rob, for all the shit that's going on in the world there, I, you know, I'm looking forward to actual baseball, like to baseball this week. I yeah, mean, I've tried to like, cold. how can you not? No. And I've tried to like, um, you know, patch golf and formula one and NASCAR together the last month, but it's not the same. Right. And, and I recognize that it's a very um, – it's a conundrum whether to support <laughs> sports being back or not being back at the moment. Um, but I'm looking forward to baseball. I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs. I'll probably watch the Caps. I'll watch the hell out of the Caps, you know, whenever they, yeah, whenever they play. I mean, I've been watching DC United um, suffer through to – Somehow they're still alive right now. I will probably stay up and watch them tomorrow night. <laughs> like, yeah. I think basketball is what I'm most excited about because to me it seems the most likely to go all the way through. Yeah, the way they're doing it. Um, and I do think that the, the only thing that's hard in basketball is, you know, if one guy gets sick, that is like, like I feel in baseball you can, you know, you, you could probably get through an injury for two weeks. Or at least you expect it all the time, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just, but, but the fact that they got through today with nobody tested, like if they maintain no, this bubble, yeah. Everybody, the fact that people are complaining about it. I saw Steve Adams today. Steve Adams is like, "Hey, he's like, this ain't Syria, right? He's like, we're living in a resort. <laughs> right, Things right, are pretty good. Like, right. Yeah. He's like, sometimes the food ain't great, but yeah, we're living in a resort. I mean, they're all fishing all day. They yeah. got like cornhole. Like they mm-hmm. got DJs." It, to me, yeah. it seems like heaven. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are, like, in the safest place on Earth. You're in this completely quarantined-off yeah. bubble, and you're, you're going to play hoops. You're going to fish. Yeah. And then there's, like, a bar or sports bar. I was like, that's – they're, like, all in their 20s. I was like, yeah. that's my dream in my 20s. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, gonna, you're living in a resort and just hanging out with your buddies. And, like, they all said it's really neat. Like, Adam's like, yeah, it's also really cool. You get to actually hang out with guys from the other teams. To me, it seems like my favorite week of the summer, yeah, or maybe of the year in high school, was going to lacrosse camp. Sure, Where very just, much uh, like that. You know, it's like I was like, this seems amazing, but it's like that. But you're in nicer locations, and you're yeah. playing. I don't know. I understand it's got to be very difficult to be away from their families, and I will not discount that. But when they were complaining, people were like, "Oh, look at this quarantine lunch! Like, get over yourself, man!" <laughs> no, <laughs> we're trying to deal with like. Real problems, and I actually saw a little bit of the. Um, I know a different thing, but the the women's soccer, my uh, my Carolina Courage, who have mm-hmm. won everything the last three years, managed to get unceremoniously dumped out in the quarterfinals this weekend. But they've been playing in a bubble in Utah this month. Yeah, um, and you could see the players like by this point they've been there for like almost a month, so they're very confident around each other. Yeah, and the teams that won and like when they score goals. I mean, they're all hugging and celebrating like normal because they're not freaked out. Yeah. You know, because they've all been in this world. Yeah. Um, they've been safe. playing in Salt Lake. And yeah, they're safe and they feel comfortable. And it's really fun to see that kind of like exuberance and, and like unabashed joy um, that I think so many of us have missed. And, and I also think, Rob, the NBA, I don't mean to belabor this, but I, I also think the NBA, maybe more than baseball's not going to be like baseball, right? A 60-game yeah. season is not a 162-game yeah. season. The Nats were 15 and 31 through 60 yeah. games last year. Yeah. They wouldn't even be in the tournament. And, and you're going to do all these things like no DH and NL and starting a runner on second base. Whereas the NBA, like, it's the just teams that would have made yeah. the playoffs are going to make the play. They're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like, they're, I don't, nobody's trying till this point in the season anyways. So I'm kind of like, I feel like a tournament where they're actually playing – series is going to be just pretty similar to a normal tournament other than the fact that guys have been off for three months and i guess we'll find out who stayed in shape you know it makes me think that the idea of like you i don't know if you've read about this like i have but i've come across things in the past prior to even this quarantine and covid situation where they're saying like 
the NBA needs to adopt a European soccer model where they have multiple competitions going on. You know, yeah. there's like a domestic cup or a tournament. And it really does think like this could be the tipping point for that. Could um, be. Yeah. I would love to see like the NBA play, you know, 20 games the regular season and then some sort of weird FA Cup type thing. Yeah. Around Christmas. You know? Yeah. And, and I, that's what this appears to me like. Okay. Like we had this other season, then we got this really abridged quick run, like round robin, and then we're going to the playoffs. It seems like a standalone event, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it feels like. The standalone event seems like it could award – it's still going to award a somewhat worthy – like I feel like in baseball, I don't know. Like I'm not saying the Orioles could win it, but like the Mets could win the World Series this year. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Weird like, this, like, yeah, like, the regional I, thing, like the yeah. Mets though, because they're trying to do like the interleague regionally. Yeah. The Mets draw the Yankees and the Nats draw the Orioles. Yeah, I know. It's like is. weird something over 60 games. That can make a difference if it's like six games. Right? That's what I so mean. It just doesn't feel like no matter who it's just wins weird. That, if you're a Dodgers fan and you've been waiting all this time or to win a championship and you can't and you win it this year, is this the one that makes you feel like puts you over the top? I don't know. You know, like oh, particularly with the Astros situation with them. That's oh. the worst part is people aren't going to be able to boo the Astros. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I, actually... hope to, I hope to God some team pumps in booze. The one thing I will the Astros. So, you, you know, you're a, a opposing an Elise fan. I have loved that the Nats, like getting rid of Bryce Harper and then winning the World Series against the Astros in the way that they did has made them a much more likable franchise. They're kind of heroes. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like for even for opposing teams, like they're like where I think they were a really like annoying franchise before this because well, they were just kind of no personality. Right. I mean, and, like, they, and they stumbled into Harper and Strasburg and then they yeah. started winning and they had no history of doing anything. And, you know, they were just kind of, I mean, we were, we were kind of an annoying franchise and this whole year has made them a very likable group. Right. Yeah. They've yeah. always even like the saviors, like they, they right. beat the dirty Astros. Right, right. And they did it without, I mean, not that I'm not, not even being anti Harper, but it wasn't, you know, they did it without the golden child kind of thing. You know, it was post that, that era. So yeah. Well, Rend- Rendon is better anyway. Oh, yeah, he was. And he'll be playing on the angels and maybe they'll be really good in a season. Well, that, that would make Noah's me happy. That, that would actually make me really happy. Yeah. Because yeah. I like to see Trout, Trout win. Yeah. And Tawny. And- yeah. Yeah. I mean, even to see Pujols go out with some sort of swan song exactly. would be nice. But, no, I, I would love to see if, – if I could get one thing out of this other than the Mets winning, yeah. anything baseball, it would be for somehow Mike Trout's national profile to be raised. Yes. Like in a short season, if he just did something crazy, you know, went on some sort of – I don't know. I mean, 60-game season yeah. to be crazy, what, like a 19-game hit streak would be worthy. I, I don't know. But like, if yeah. he just went nuts and hit like a bunch of homers and people got very excited because – He's an absolute treasure. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's as good as it is. But Rendon, like, not even trying to troll Harper, who I was never anti-Harper. Oh, no. I actually liked the way Imagine he how him. good Trout's going to be with Rendon. Yeah. Hitting in front of him. Like, Rendon is an him. awesome baseball player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, and other than that MVP season, he was really better than, than Harper every year. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he had a little while where he couldn't stay healthy, but yeah, yeah. there you go. So, yeah. anyways, I don't know. Um, go Nats, go Mets. I, I, you know, for both of us, it, it'll be fun to watch. I, I feel like baseball. I, I don't care as much about the fans not being there in baseball as I probably do in other sports. Um, so I'm looking forward to Thursday. So, yeah, yeah. it'll be good. Just yeah. to check out for a little bit. Yep. And uh, we'll check back in with you guys. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, but uh, we're trying to, we'll, we will try to get a little more regular uh, as we, at least certainly as news comes out here. Uh, I think we talked about doing this last Thursday when the CAA first announced and we've put it off a few days to let it simmer, but yeah, I mean, we'll be here as more news comes out and uh, hopefully get to talk to some other folks and eventually we'll get to sports again. I don't know. We'll, We'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. So, Rob, it's great to talk to you. I will talk to you soon. Yeah, good talking to you too, man. All right. Thanks, everybody. Go Dukes. See you. Me and mine work this land as long as my grandfather can. 
Too damn hard to say. 